Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and unsheathe your weapon to murder Cinderella's stepmother and stepsisters. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts, Birth by Sleep, Aqua version. I'm Sam. I'm Mr. Drew. Oh, you scared me for a second there. Yeah, uh, why'd that scare you? You don't know this, but you keep getting clonked on the head by uh, uh, my other co-host. Oh, that's why I'm definitely Drew, and I definitely, no one's been clonked in this room at all. Hmm. I don't know if I believe that. I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out as we go, depending on how normal you are. Listen, Drew always wears his secure podcasting helmet, as we discussed, <laughs> and there's no way that I could know, I mean, anyone could know, uh, how to get past that security system. You know what's funny about Aqua? What's that? I don't know what her story is yet. Uh-huh. Because I feel like it's really clear with Ventus that his story is about Vanitas and Light and Dark and the Key Blade. Mm-hmm. And with Terra, it's about his Kingdom Hearts Dark Road and him ultimately becoming a vessel. Right. Maybe it's just because this is our first viewing of Aqua, but I don't know what she's doing and what is happening. I think Aqua is learning that... Um, this is a serious answer that I'm giving. <laughs> yeah, please. I, I think she's learning that um, love is important. I actually think that's what she's learning. That, like, love is more important than, like, light or dark. Maybe. You know, it's weird because... I And I say this as a person who's played this game multiple times and watched people play it. I look back on it and I'm like... What What is Aqua's story? And I thought that I would remember it from watching some of it, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think I could recap when we get through it, but basically, like, she kind of keeps being told that you shouldn't just be fighting d darkness with light, and then all the examples she is given of what you should be doing is, like, people smooching pr sleeping princesses, basically. <laughs> which is the which is the power which is the power of love like bringing them back. So Aqua is sort of having her arc is kind of like the reverse of the moment that we as a society all had in like the mid to late 2000s of like cracked articles being like 10 Disney movies that are actually kind of messed up. No, yeah, she thinks it's it's really good that all the women are put into <laughs> comas. 10 Disney movies that are actually really cool. <laughs> actually really cool that they rely on their man. I th I don't think it's pointing to that part of it, really, but it does end up being that's how all the examples go. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it. I think this might be sort of an unpopular opinion at the at this point in the in the series. Mm -hmm. uh, and by this point, I mean right now as we're recording this, not right now as a birth by sleep. Uh, I feel like I need more Xehanort. I don't know. I don't know what is happening in Aqua's story without knowing what Xehanort's up to. And granted, that we're only at the beginning of it. You say that, but I still think that Aqua's probably the best character, and maybe the best character that's ever existed in media. But that's just the, <laughs> that's just an opinion that Drew has. I mean, me. Yeah, I like Aqua. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I. You know. Also, as as ever with Birth by Sleep, the beginning of any arc is kind of kind of nothing. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. These all they have to they have to go to the boring worlds where nothing happens. And then they go to the medium worlds where something happens, and then they go to the good worlds where everything happens. Yeah, eventually they run into non-Disney characters and the plot continues. 
Yeah, I think I think with Ventus it was helped by the, you know, like Vanitas appearing in his room and stuff like that and Terra was talking to Xehanort directly whereas Aqua, well, let's just say how her story begins. Yeah, let's do uh, it. Hey, remember <laughs> the Mark of Mastery exam when Terra says he wants to be alone and Erica says, "Aqua, as our new Keyblade master, you are entitled now to certain knowledge." And we we're like, "Oh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be?" We Cut to Ericus talking to Aqua, and he's basically just like, so that's pretty much it. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I guess we're not entitled to certain we're, Well, we, we don't have the mark of mastery yet. I feel like I do. Yeah, I guess actually that's fair. I don't have it, so they couldn't give it to, to, <laughs> to any of us. Because anyone could watch There's this like game. A- there's like a mail-in quiz mm-hmm. where you can you can answer all the questions and send them to Square Enix, and if you if you prove yourself, they will tell you what Eric has told Aqua. Yeah, you have to complete the ARG to figure out the address to send in. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's very disappointing, but whatever. Uh, we see the part that we saw before with Terra, where uh, Ericus gets a call from Yen Sid on the wall phone. Terra shows up, he says, this is your chance to prove yourself, etc., etc. But after Terra leaves, this time we see that Ericus gives Aqua a secret request. Oh. But not that interesting. Don't get too excited, because it's basically what we already knew, which is follow Terra around and bring him back if you're worried about him. Yeah, I think the only the only little interesting thing we learn is that Aqua basically thinks that Vericus is wrong about this and says he's not as weak as you think. Yeah, that's surprising, considering that every time she talks to Terra, all that she says is, Terra, you piece of shit. Well, right, yeah, that's why I was interested to learn that she didn't start thinking that way. (laughs) Yeah, and when we find out why she thinks it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that she, bad thing she thinks he has done is pretty bad, but it yeah. kind of feels like she should have interrogated her source of information a little bit little bit better. Very much so. And also, you know, she the line, I've been to the same worlds as you and I've seen what you've done, we we get our answer. What did she see him do? And the answer in two out of three cases is nothing. Nothing. And didn't even hear about anything bad he did in most cases. I can't believe that in the Drouth Woodlands she doesn't even, there's not even, like, a mention from Snow White of, like, and that mean man, Terra. Yeah, Ventus gets that, but but she doesn't. It's it's really weird. It doesn't make any sense. No. I don't know why she doesn't hear that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she but says, Snow White I'll is, bring Terra back. Snow White and is sleepy and needs worthy. a kiss. That's why she doesn't hear it. Yeah, speaking of worlds that don't exist. <laughs> uh, and where nothing happens. Uh <laughs> Aqua watches Ventus watch Terra leave, then watches Ventus leave, and Ericus watches Aqua watch Ventus watch Terra leave and says, bring him back, and she says, okay. And then she gets on her weird glider and flies away. I like her glider, because she's, like, holding a thing that kind of looks like a bow, but it's, like, the the steering wheel? I don't know. It's it's pretty cool looking to me. It's It's kind of like, what if the handlebars of a Segway were like six feet wide and floating and floating in a key. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's a good look. Um, yeah. She, and you know, of course, Erica doesn't give any reason why she needs to go get Ven. He just 
knows it's bad for him to get out there. Yeah, which makes sense. I don't I don't think that really needs much justification. Obviously, we we know that there is more to it than than this, but that, I think it makes perfect sense for Aqua to be like, "Oh yeah, he's a little baby boy." That is true. He's somewhere between 10 and 18 years old. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's he he says like it's unusual that he's even letting them go fly around in space at all. Um Right. Yeah. So it makes sense that he's not too <laughs> happy that Ventus gets on his cool uh hoverboard even though he should be really happy about that he should because it looks awesome um but now it's time for some some classic birth by sleep time fuckery because yeah what the fuck (laughs) aqua who leaves from her perspective maybe 10 seconds after terra and ventus the first place that she arrives is the third world that terra goes to as he is leaving (laughs) which is the first one ventus went to yeah uh, she arrives in the Castle of Dreams, Cinderella world, as Cinderella is running out the door at midnight. Uh, she bumps into Terra. We got this conversation before. Um, she learns that Xehanort's looking for pure hearts of light. She says, I'll stay and talk to the prince. She made me realize how powerful it is just to believe, etc. I wrote that down again. Because it's a ju- Just to believe. She made me realize how powerful it is just to believe. And Terra leaves. The The only thing that we get from Aqua's side specifically here is uh, that as Terra leaves, Aqua thinks, Terra's a nice boy, and he'll be just fine. I wish... Yeah, it's funny that... Yeah. Her turn doesn't make any sense. You're right. <laughs> it really doesn't. Maybe it'll make more sense next time. She's still, uh, she's still the best character, but she's not right in this case. <laughs> right. Uh, but fortunately for us, bibbity bobbity boo dot midi starts looping. Holy hell. It, oh my god, I can't believe there's no other music. Other <laughs> worlds get more music, right? Uh, I mean, most worlds have one, like, field theme and one battle theme. Yeah. It's just that this one is a short looping midi. <laughs> Well, and I swear, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like at least in the other worlds, like, sometimes you get, like, sad song dot mp3. Yeah, in, like, cutscenes. In, like, cutscenes and stuff, and I feel like in Castle of Dreams, you just keep getting bibbidi-bobbidi-boo no matter what. There was the time when Terra was here where they were playing the saddest, most dramatic music, and then they cut it off to immediately start looping (laughs) bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. You can hear somebody, like, chunking in the cassette tape to play bibbidi bobbidi boo <laughs> like f- physically pulling yoko shimamura away with a vaudeville <laughs> hook <laughs> pressing play on their walkman <laughs> uh so aqua crosses paths with uh cinderella's stepmother lady tremaine and her daughters and as they walk past her she she feels a sudden flash of unversed negativity, and then the dumb fuck prince runs over to her and says, You came back. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were somebody else. Well, it makes sense, because Aqua's a princess, too. This is a man without object permanence. Uh, he just, he has, he's, he has face blindness. He saw a pretty lady and thought, pretty lady. <laughs> she has blue hair. <laughs> She's wearing pointy armored boots and weird dangling cloth something or others. You want me to give my actual theory for why he had this little flash of thinking she was the same person? It's because she also has a heart of light, like Cinderella. Ah. Because we get some hints about that later on 
And I think that's probably what's going on. That's interesting. And, huh, I had not actually thought about that. I do think that there is potential for Aqua to be a princess of heart. Well, considering the way the way in which they uh, pose her as being parallel to Kyrie and all that stuff, I think that that makes some sense. And there's a thing Vanita says later on that makes that make sense too. Huh. We'll 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 have to keep an eye on that. Yeah. Because that has not been uh, followed up on in anything beyond this game. But that's interesting. Well, maybe it was true for this game, and then they were like, "Oh, but we don't have time." <laughs> Maybe, but there there is some stuff in play uh, as of this point in the series where they they could potentially go back for that if they want to. Okay, so that'll that'll be interesting to see if that ever comes up again. Um, where are we? Oh yeah, so Prince Charming runs over and says, "Are you? Oh, sorry." And then the Duke, uh, the Duke says, "I'll I've got the glass slipper. I'll find her." Blah blah blah. One thing that I love about the way that they adapted Cinderella into um, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep is how much of a not problem it is here. <laughs> he literally says, like, oh, I've I've got permission from the king. We're going to go door to door all throughout the kingdom, and we will ask every young lady to try on the shoe. We will start with the closest residence, Lady Tremaine's house. <laughs> well, it's also the only residence because they're the only people that actually live in the kingdom. So it's going to be yeah. pretty easy to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Aqua goes next door to Lady Tremaine's house uh, to meet the neighbors. The Duke is already inside meeting the stepsisters, Drizella and Anastasia. And this is one of the funniest moments in Kingdom Hearts as Aqua just, like, <laughs> listens at the door <laughs> Here's the stepsisters just like introducing that like she literally just hears them be like I'm Drizella I'm Anastasia and she just goes as I feared there is darkness here shing yeah it's it's basically the scene where an action hero pulls out their gun and gets ready to go in and start blasting <laughs> she cocks her keyblade and the fairy godmother has to pop up and be like um don't kill them please <laughs> she has a heart of light though you know. She has a heart of light, but also what we're forgetting is she was trained by Ericus. Oh, sure. Yeah, gotta kill the darkness. Yeah, Ericus is the man who gave her that keyblade and let her be a, a keyblade master, so it's no surprise that she was ready to go in there and start blasting. <laughs> um, We now learn, probably to me, one of the wildest theories of darkness and light in Kingdom Hearts. That it's i good luck okay so the fairy godmother shows up and says it's dangerous to fight darkness with light strong strong rays of light create shadows create dark shadows uses and so she basically says cinderella is so fucking pretty and her family's ugly that she she's so pretty she made her family evil she does say she, she even goes as far as to say like Things like kindness and beauty, which are considered aspects of light in worlds like this or something like that. Yeah, which you would consider an aspect of light. Yeah. Which is Whereas presumably that means that if you go to Wonderland, for instance, and the Queen of Hearts is there and she's she's like abusing the cards and getting Alice's head chopped off and we're like, well, that's her beliefs. <laughs> right. But yeah, according to Kingdom Hearts, it's Cinderella's fault that her family is is evil now because they got jealous of how pretty she is. It's so strange. Yeah. And I mean, 
this is literally aqua she's ready to attack for no reason other than she just like hears their ugly voices through the door well she also got a flash of villainous intent off of them as they went by earlier that's true it is it is odd though because we have seen all 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 the stuff over the course of the series of characters being like corrupted by darkness and being like puppeted by heartless like clayton and such but when when i described the flash of negativity it's literally like the screen goes black and we see like the glowing red like unversed eyes symbol it's crazy so yeah they they do seem to be like corrupted by the unversed which is not something that i think ever happens before or after this I don't think so. But yeah, you know, this whole part is also starting to kind of align with Xehanort's theory of light and dark, too, which is like too much light ends up creating darkness. Um, See, I, I get I get that. And I'm not fundamentally against that idea and that premise. However, I do think it is wild to approach the plot of Cinderella and be like, well... You know, yeah, she was being abused by her wicked family, but if you think about it, they were jealous because she was so pretty. Oh no, it sucks. I just think that it it does align, and it actually ends up kind of aligning with Grandma Kyrie's big story at the end too, mm-hmm. which is about how people started coveting light, and that made darkness grow. And that's exactly what's happening here: is they're coveting her being pretty, and it made them evil. Right, and I, I am going to be fascinated to see if someday, somewhere down the line, Kingdom Hearts tries to really, like, pull these narrative threads together to show us what it sort of believes is good and right in that sense, because there there's so much in these games that suggests that, you know darkness and light need to be in balance, the solution that makes everything better is not just if someone is being a meanie, hit them with a key until they aren't, like, <laughs> okay, I, I get that, yeah. but when when they have stuff like this, it makes me wonder, like, what would it, what should have happened here? <laughs> like, should Cinderella have been a little meaner? Like, I don't, I don't really, really know what it means. I don't even know if it's actually blaming her, it just kind of acts like this is just a fact of the universe. Right, and the fairy godmother says, fighting darkness with light is dangerous because the light can deepen the shadows. What you should do is, Cinderella has a little tiny friend, not Ventus in this case, who is working hard right now to keep her light from fading, and you need to go help him. So the key is not to fight the darkness with the light, because the light can deepen the darkness. The key is to brighten the light thereby deepening the darkness i don't know i don't know is it is this just is this just trying to get across the idea of balance like don't don't destroy the darkness by killing the three of them with a keyblade balance it out by giving cinderella a makeover yep <laughs> maybe it's just like maybe you don't have to fucking kill them maybe you don't have to <laughs> right. maybe you don't have- the fairy godmother was like how do i put this in terms that you will understand um don't kill them maybe just make them nice or at least like get rid of their give powers. them a makeover give them a yeah we should give them a makeover but then cinderella might get jealous and turn evil oh shit oh no 
Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure how... I don't think that this makes any sense, is the unfortunate uh, fact of the matter. True. But I do think we've maybe learned how Ven got so small. The fairy godmother did it. Yeah, that's my guess, at least. I mean, she very well might have, because she does it to Aqua right here, so that she can help Jacques. Yeah. And we find out that that help is in the form of, uh, once Aqua has been shrunk, Jacques is dragging a key to Cinderella's room because she's been locked up. And he sees the Keyblade, he says, oh, you know Venven, etc. And she, like, f- protects him from some unversed in a little escort section. Is this our... Do we always have an escort in Cinderella World? There's only three kinds of missions you can have. And so- yeah, I guess so. I mean, Terra escorted her to the ball. Aqua's escorting Jacques to the room. I don't think Ventus had an escort. Mm-hmm. He just beat up a cat. Yeah. And the fairy godmother was suspiciously silent for that one. Yeah, he, his his escort was Snow White. Oh, yeah, true. God. Um, <laughs> anyway, Jacques unlocks the door, etc. The end. Yeah. Uh, this is a great scene, though, because Aqua goes to wait nervously at the top of the stairs as they're trying on the slipper, and the Duke starts to leave, and Aqua's like, oh, no, I have to stall him. And then the magic wears off, and she grows back to normal size as she, like, falls over the balcony. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then people aren't too shocked, either. Yeah, like, the Tremaines are just like, oh, a burglar, which is not unreasonable. Sure. Whereas the Duke is just like, well, she is a lady. Pretty lady. Um, this is a part where... I got, I started, I was back on feet watch because I really thought we were going to see Aqua's feet here. <laughs> and that was assuming that certain people would really like that. Well, I'm sure someone out there was really happy about seeing her get shrunk. True. Yeah. It's a good thing she didn't get uh, murdered by a steamroller. <laughs> here, here's a fun fact. Yeah. Would you be surprised to learn that the most prominent Kingdom Hearts fandom female female ship is Cinderella and Aqua. They're together for like three seconds. Yeah, I think that really speaks to how few female characters there are in these games. I guess I'm more comfortable with that than almost any of the other female characters, so fine, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's basically that and then like Minnie and Disney. Disney, Daisy, (laughs) Minnie and Daisy. Walt Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so we get to see this, uh, this, uh, sizzling chemistry as Cinderella tries on the slipper and Aqua is in the room when it happens. I mean, I could see the fic being popular because you can sure write about feet. So there you go. (laughs) Uh, anyway, yeah, Cinderella runs out of her room and, you know, is in the movie scene. Oh, can I try it on? Oh, no. Lady Tremaine tripped the Duke and he broke the slipper. Oh, no. That's okay. I have the other slipper. And then he grabs it and he kisses it a bunch. Why does he kiss it so much? <laughs> I think he does in the movie. What a little freak. He's a little freak. He's got a weird shaped head. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, again, though, the fact that this is literally the first place he went. I'm like, I don't think that uh, this level of work warrants kissing the glass slipper six times. No, he's just excited to kiss a lady slipper. 
Right. He he just started looking and he found her immediately and he's like, "Oh, thank goodness." It is soundless, but you do see his lips puckering. Yeah, they they, they did not do a kissing sound effect at all. Yeah. Uh here's a funny shot as we cut to the top of the stairs where Jacques alone is jumping around and cheering for Cinderella. <laughs> compared to the original shot in the movie where there's like 10 different animal friends. <laughs> Yeah, she has way less friends in this version. Um, but yeah, the PSP can't render that many friends. No. Um, so the Duke, I guess, I guess he just like takes Cinderella to the palace or whatever. And Lady Tremaine says, I will put her in her place. And this is weird because we then cut to outside where Aqua is like standing in front of the house mm-hmm. and she hears a scream from the forest. And the Duke runs back to the house and says Cinderella was attacked by a monster. And Aqua runs ahead and the Tremaines are all standing over Cinderella cackling evilly with an evil pumpkin carriage unversed. Yeah. Which I guess just means that Aqua was like hanging out alone in their house. Was she robbing them? Well, they probably have some like elixirs and, you know, a couple potions. She's <laughs> oh, got- that's true. What am I What am I saying? Kingdom Hearts player characters are constantly robbing people. <laughs> it's part of being a Keyblade Master. That's right. She was just going through all their chests and getting their potions, their tents and cottages. <laughs> maybe they might have a gummy block. There's no gummy ship in this, but maybe they'll have a gummy block anyway. Yeah. Uh yeah, that <laughs> she she robbed them blind and then but they're they're full of darkness, so it's fine. Yeah. Well, they're full of darkness for now because Lady Tremaine goes, "This is what happens when you go against our wishes." And then they they there is a green goblin pumpkin bomb yeah. that just falls from the sky. Yeah. And it cuts away, but we just, as it explodes, we hear the wicked stepmother and stepsisters scream and die? Oh, yeah. Will- Question mark? Willem Dafoe got them. They're dead. They're fucking dead. They're- he just fucking, in the crossfire, he was just flying overhead showing off his big ass. They're that executive who turns into a skeleton in the first Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they died. Yeah, they definitely. And then Aqua they, just they for sure died. So Aqua didn't have to do it. The the pumpkin. No, did Aqua it. just goes. The darkness in their hearts overtook them, and that's that. Yeah, they're dead. And she fights the thing. You know, I, I did. This is where I got to see more of Aqua's fighting, and I got to learn that she's Caesar Zapelli, and she uses a bunch of bubbles to fight stuff. That's right. Her starting shot lock is bubble blast. Mm-hmm. It does a lot of damage. Those bubbles will mess you up. Yeah, like just like Caesar's bubbles. uh after the boss fight we cut directly to cinderella arriving at the castle and reuniting with the prince uh again i haven't seen this movie in a long time i have to assume that in the movie probably it wasn't the same night as the ball (laughs) probably yeah probably not because it's maybe like 1 a.m at the latest yeah and they have this, like, dramatic reunion, and it's like, I thought I'd never see you again. They're just that in love, you know? <laughs> just that in love. Uh, Aqua just, like, watches from a distance with the fairy godmother and thinks to herself, uh, you know, the master taught me that darkness needs to be destroyed, but how how can I do that if not with light? And the fairy godmother says, you'll understand when you're older, dear. Right, and this is where I started to be like, oh... Is this about how love is a power that transcends darkness and light or something? 
I don't know. Maybe. She she says, like, someday you'll experience more things, and if you believe in dreams, you'll understand. Yeah. That's that world. Anyway, I want to buy that, um, that, like, haptic suit for Assassin's Creed and then <laughs> and mod in support so that I can be hugged by, uh, <laughs> by Aqua in this game. Anyway. She doesn't hug anyone, does she? Oh, shit, never mind. That was the prince hugging... Cinderella. Never mind. Well, I can get a prince hug, I guess. That's pretty good. You're spending $600 on a prince charming haptic hug suit. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worth every penny. I mean, there's he's got to be at least good at hugging. There's got to be some good qualities to that man. I hope so. Yeah, that joke was funnier when I... I, I fucked that one up. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> That's fine. I It was my fault for pointing out that you were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh we we cut from that to one of the funniest uh butcherings of a disney scene <laughs> this this forced apple eating <laughs> yeah okay so i had to compare because i was watching this and i was like there's no way that this is how this plays out in snow white <laughs> no absolutely not here is what happens in the movie snow white uh the old crone uh approaches snow white and says thank you so much for helping old granny i would love to repay your kindness with this special wishing apple and she pulls out an apple and she says it will make your dearest wish come true and snow white is a little a little a little intimidated by this old creep but she hears that it can make a wish come true and she says oh is that is that true? And she says, "Yes, yes, of course." And she says, "Well, I do. There's a there's a prince that I blah blah blah, and I wish that we live happily ever after." And it it keeps cutting to the the old crone like watching and rubbing her hands together maniacally as she takes a bite. And she says, "God, it's really creepy." She goes, "Breath stilled, blood congealed." And then Snow White collapses. Yeah, it's it's dark shit. Uh, in this, an old woman uh, backs Snow White against the wall, gives her an apple. Snow White looks terrified and takes a bite and then dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's no dialogue from the old woman. There's no dialogue from Snow White. All we get is the old woman going... <laughs> <laughs> It's basically the same. Whatever, ship it. There's a there's a, a line in the movie that I really liked when I when I watched that scene. Uh, when uh, it's it's so creepy when Snow White says like, "Oh, I, you know, there is a prince that I'm in love with," and the old woman goes, "I thought so. I thought so. Granny always knows. Why isn't that in here? That's so creepy. I love that. Uh, that would be good." And probably, I don't know, might cost money? I'm not sure why they didn't do that. I, I just, they, the voice actor is here. I just don't know why they couldn't be bothered to have her speak. <laughs> well, they paid her to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost as good. But yeah, Snow White says uh, nothing, but she just looks scared and then takes the apple and says, Oh, well, <laughs> time to die. 
Oh, well, uh, Aqua finds the Drowfs crying over Snow White's display case. Yeah, she's, I've never understood what is up with that. You gotta keep her in mint condition or she's not gonna be worth anything. <laughs> They're waiting for someone to come and evaluate her. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they tell her about the Wicked Queen and the Apple and all that, and Aqua says, I will go to the castle and see if I can help. Parentheses, I can't. Yeah, this is where we got my favorite line read of the of the whole th- period, where Grumpy goes, "When we when we went to work, she gave us all a kiss." <laughs> and as I asked you earlier, I hope you put the actual audio in too. Oh, I will. Thank you. And when we went to work, she gave us all a kiss. And there it is. Great. Yeah, Aqua though she contributes nothing in this world. She's there. She may as well not have been, and not only does the world get nothing out of her being here, I don't think that she gets anything out of being here either. Well, she gets to see that love wins again. That's Love kisses. That's it. Big, she, yeah. uh, she goes to the castle and she sees unnamed prince. There's another thing I had forgotten about this movie. He's not a character. I, I looked it up to be like, this guy's got a name, right? Nope. Nuh-uh. She sees unnamed prince standing by well from movie, and he says, Did anything happen to that girl with the beautiful voice? I'm like 30, and she's 12 or something. And Aqua says, The plot of Snow White is happening, and he says, That's terrible. I'll go help. Yep. And then Aqua needs something to do, so she just goes to the room with the mirror, and I guess the mirror's still- The queen's not even here. No, the mirror's just still juiced up. It's It's got some residual goop on it. I do like when the face appears in the mirror and Aqua backflips ten feet away from it. Yeah, it was a very sick backflip uh, by a very yeah, but not sick enough because apparently uh, eleven feet is the range of this spell because she does get pulled into the mirror. She fights the mirror for no goddamn reason, and then afterwards the mirror basically says, "Well, bye." <laughs> the mirror's like, "Great job." Oh, I, I have it. I have the line written down here. It goes. The queen is gone, my service done. Adieu, oh victorious one. Why'd you, Thanks. Why'd you bother? Why say anything? Why? Why mirror? <laughs> they couldn't think of a fight. They had a. They had a scary tree unversed for Ventus. They had the mirror for Terra, and then they were like, "What do? What should Aqua fight? Shit. Uh, the mirror again." <laughs> I realized something watching this time that it's like kind of fucked up that this isn't like a mirror fight where you fight yourself because that would be cool that would be cool but no but no oh well we go to aqua at the cottage she just teleports back um and the prince is here and he kisses snow white and she wakes up and everyone turns around and claps for aqua helping (laughs) and the drought celebrate and aqua watches and says this seems like a really good movie i love this this is my favorite disney movie go watch it now on disney plus she flashes back to Ventus when he was asleep. I don't know that we ever really got much context for Ventus's coma. I assume that was literally just when Terra asked him what where he came from and he screamed and passed out. Yeah, I thought this was maybe the next day or something. <laughs> I guess I guess he was asleep for some time after that. But then he woke up and Aqua in the flashback says, "It's a miracle. Master, Terra, get in here." And then she flashes Unback, and we see Snow White kissing all the droughts on their heads, 
and they wave and cheer for her, and the prince carries her away, and then Aqua says, <laughs> Every waking is a new journey. Maybe Ven left because it was his time. And I don't know where she got any of that from. <laughs> no, me neither. I mean, they. I think they just really wanted to create some sort of tenuous connection <laughs> between Ventus and Snow White. It doesn't really work. They did th- they did that uh, with Terra in Enchanted Dominion when he saw Aurora sleeping, and he was like, "This is like when Ven was sleeping." Oh yeah, they did do that. This is great though. This is the uh, this is the birth by sleep equivalent of what was it in Pride Rock when it's like Timon and Pumbaa are being chased around by lions, and Sora goes, "You can never forget your true buddies." <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like that. Sometimes they forget to like have any sort of thematic arc. So they just have someone say something that sounds kind of meaningful at the end. Yeah, they were like, we had to do this world again, so check. Yeah, Aqua just watches and says, wow, Disney Plus. Now streaming in the future. <laughs> Subscribe for full price with the offer code Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> then we're we're going to make you pay extra, actually. <laughs> um... Yeah, that that was like Disney's terms for Square Enix. It's like, we'll let you do this, but you have to funnel people into our streaming service to pay even more than they normally would. <laughs> the streaming service we won't invent for 15 years or whatever. You, that, they that's, knew. That's, but we know we're doing it. They knew. They knew. Uh, Aqua goes straight to Maleficent's castle this time. Um, and she sees Aurora's heart flying away. We know from Ventus's story that she arrives just before he leaves. So Ventus has just freed Aurora's heart. Um, and yeah, when when we saw this from Ventus's perspective, Aqua like interrupts him arguing with Maleficent and says Terra would never do that. This time we see it from her perspective and learn that she doesn't even know what the claim is. <laughs> No, she just saw the heart fly by her when she got there, and I guess she put it together? Maybe, maybe. But yeah, she just says Tara would never do that. Uh, she she backs up Ventus and says, No, you evil whoever you are. Tara's a good boy. Uh, Ventus, come home. And he says, No, I can't. And he runs off. Um, but now we get Aqua's perspective of this scene, where Maleficent says something about the Keyblade, and Aqua says, How do you know about the Keyblade? And doesn't Maleficent say, like, hey, do you want to be my sidekick and, like, unlock all the doors and treasure chests for me? She does, yeah. <laughs> she says the Keyblade is a source of power that allows one to obtain anything and everything. And when she says no, that's when she's like, Maleficent says, Xehanort's right, you are a most stubborn girl. Yeah, so I think I think it was Ventus's... Uh, I, can't remember actually it was no it was Terra Terra is the one who talked to Maleficent and uh seemed to know a little bit more about Xehanort than she let on yes this time we learn it was pretty obvious that she knew a lot more than she was letting on but now we learn like she talked at length with Xehanort like he told her about the princesses of heart he talked about Ericus and his pupils they're best buds. They probably did a Joe Rogan podcast together. Yeah, it's right after the Mickey one. Right. They they cleared out of the studio and uh trying to think about the timeline. I think Mickey Mickey would have filed into the studio after Xehanort and uh, Maleficent left. Oh true, right. Yeah. The the weed smoke heavy in the air and then <laughs> Maleficent's green flames. Um Disney would love it if you made a bunch of art of Mickey being high. 
with Maleficent. Oh, man. Can you imagine if someone did that? Yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> Too bad that's probably never happened. No, no way. <laughs> um, So Maleficent, uh, she just drops Aqua into a dark portal. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, and Aqua appears in the dungeon and Prince Philip is there. Uh, they kind of catch up on the plot of Snow uh, of uh, Sleeping Beauty, and the fairies show up and they rescue him. And they say, "We will now do the scene where we rescue him." And Aqua says, "I'll watch." Wow, great, great scene. Uh, don't the fairies tell the prince he has to go alone, and then Aqua just goes, "I'm going with you." <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember them saying that he has to go alone, but if if that did happen, that's very funny. <laughs> I think it might not have been phrased exact that way. It's like something you must face yourself or something. And then, oh, I think he says, I'm the only one who can break the spell. Maybe that's it. Okay. And then Aqua says, I'll help. <laughs> uh, they fight their way out of the evil castle and they get back to the good castle. Um, this part's pretty fun. You have like team up attacks with Prince Philip, which is cool. Yeah, I saw a couple of those. I'm trying to think if, is this the only time... In this game where you, like, team up with somebody from the Disney world? You team up with... I think you, like, fight alongside, like, Hercules, maybe. Mickey has team up attacks with Ventus. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, but, uh, yeah, they they get to the, to the good castle and Maleficent conjures up a big forest of thorns to trap them in. But, uh, but not too many on the path, though. That would be mean. Right, then, then you wouldn't be able to have a boss fight. Right. Uh, this is a cool fight, though, because Maleficent, well, before before the boss fight, <laughs> yeah. Maleficent confronts them, and Aqua is like, what did Xehanort tell you? And Maleficent says, I'm not going to answer that. Anyway, Terra is so evil, and Aqua says, no, but and then she maybe. goes dragon mode. <laughs> uh, before she goes dragon mode, she says something really insane for this series, which is, see for yourself all the powers of hell! I think that this might be the only cuss word that they ever say in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and also hell exists. Well, she means uh, Hades' underworld. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, where's where's Auron? Uh, he's probably in Spira right now. True. Right. Okay. I'm trying to think if they they might maybe they say a cuss word or two in the pirates' worlds. Maybe it is weird to hear. Ooh, I know that Hunchback of Notre Dame is in Dream Drop Distance. So probably, we'll, probably, we'll be on Hell Watch for sure. Probably say Hell, but... They gotta. <laughs> Heck, fire! <laughs> they say a lot of racial slurs in that one, Ooh, so boy. they might as well say Hell. Might as well. Uh, anyway, she goes dragon mode and they fight. Uh, and at the end of the fight, the fairies enchant Philip's sword. He throws it at the dragon, like in the movie, and she disappears. But uh, she doesn't die, because it's not the movie. And instead, as Philip runs into the castle, the camera just cuts to Aqua watching Maleficent just, like, limping away. <laughs> I don't need to deal with that. <laughs> and, yeah, Aqua, like, taunts Maleficent, like, you were defeated by love, you weak loser. And Maleficent says, love? Love is an insignificant thing that could never defeat someone like me. And Aqua says, you're too clouded by darkness to understand how epic love is, you old loser. That's how I remember I bet it. you don't even have a boyfriend or husband. And that's the only thing that matters. That's what we're learning in Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. Owned. Philip kisses Aurora awake. Problem solved. 
uh, Aqua tells Maleficent that darkness will never be able to defeat a heart of pure light. And Maleficent says, as long as light exists, it will create darkness. And in time, all the hearts of light will belong to me. <laughs> and then Aqua says, I hope Terra doesn't turn evil. <laughs> I'm not going to deal with this anymore, though. <laughs> I will smoke an evil stepmother, but this lady should probably get a pass for now. <laughs> uh, we get Xehanort Report 6. Oh, shit. I didn't read this. Ah, fuck. Oops. I'm going to read it right now. Read it right now. Okay, cool. I read it. This is one of the classic uh, reports explaining, like, rundowns of world building that I already got into when we talked about Kingdom Hearts 1. Mm -hmm. uh, but we do, get, we do get some new stuff in here from Xehanort's perspective. He's talking about the different types of Keyblades. Keyblades of Light, Keyblades of Darkness, and Keyblades of Heart. Um, and we learn that Keyblades of Light and Dark are just counterparts of each other, and the only difference between those two is which realm they come from. But they do the same stuff, apparently. Yes. Um, the Keyblades of Heart, we know of the one that, uh, Maleficent and Ansem made out of the Princesses of Heart at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, and the Keyblade is also a key, uh, Keyblade of Heart. But we learned that those types of Keyblades didn't exist until after the Keyblade War. He says they came into existence when the world was reorganized, which is an interesting phrase. Yeah, I mean, I guess that the worlds didn't used to be shut off from each other, right? Now they are. Yes, and th this description seems to suggest, assuming this is true and Xehanort is right, this makes it sound like People, like, tried to fight over Kingdom Hearts, and the Ki-Yi Blade almost had to, like, come into existence to defend Kingdom Hearts from the people? Maybe. That's how I interpreted it, anyway. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, then then he says that you, in theory, would be able to forge a Keyblade of Heart and open the door to Kingdom Hearts if you brought together the Seven Hearts of Pure Light. And he says that that would arguably give you control over all worlds and all people. If you could open the door. So, nice to learn what Kingdom Hearts is actually supposed to do. Yeah, it, I mean, it, from that's what he thinks anyway. I mean, this is the first we've ever heard that it would give you control over all people. Is that like it makes you god and you can reforge all the worlds and all people, or you can just, like, move them around like an RTS? <laughs> I assume that it means you have control over all people in that you're sort of like the master of reality. Yeah. Okay. So, is the key blade kind of a blade, a, a key blade of heart because it's made from a heart? Or is a, a key blade of heart only the one made with seven hearts of pure light? Uh, that is a great question. So, my understanding is that the key blade is. For all intents and purposes, the Keyblade of Heart. And in the same way that uh, the organization, for example, was trying to sort of force Kingdom Hearts into existence artificially by just gathering up tons and tons and tons of hearts. Right. I think the Keyblade of Heart that they were trying to make in Kingdom Hearts 1 is kind of the equivalent of that, but for the Keyblade. Oh. Is it's like, if we can't make the real thing, we can sort of make 
an artificial version that might do the same thing using the princesses of heart. Hmm. That's what I think is going on there, at least. Okay. Okay. But yeah, it, I I think the Keyblade of Heart from Kingdom Hearts One is kind of like a a substitute for the Keyblade. Okay. Cool. Got it. I noticed that Z- hmm. Xehanort's able to unlock his heart with his Keyblade. Is his Keyblade a Keyblade of Heart? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. It's possible. All right. We. That that Keyblade will have something of an origin story eventually. It is possible that it is originally a Keyblade of Heart. I guess I don't know the answer to that question. I feel like it would have to be, but then... But Zaynor can also do a lot of shit other people can't do, so who knows? Yeah, well, I guess what I would say to that is he claims that his mastery of Keyblade powers is why he is able to do that. Terra was able to extract Aurora's heart. Oh, true. But also, it kind of seemed in that scene with uh, him and Brag, like, maybe there was a little more to it than that. Like, I don't know, maybe Xehanort was fucking hiding around the corner, and he was the one who extracted it. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, I, I will also have to keep that in mind, because, yeah, that's that's a question that I don't know the answer to. I would not be surprised if that turned out to be a, a plot twist, that Xehanort's Keyblade was actually a Keyblade of Heart. It very well could be. Or or is it just something all Keyblades can do? Because Xehanort made it sound like all Keyblade Masters can unlock hearts. He did make it sound like that, but then he also made it sound like maybe that was a lie. Hmm. I don't know why he would lie in his own report, but... I mean, I guess, I guess the lie would be... Whether or not Terra was able to do it himself. Oh, right. And m- maybe just Xehanort just out of frame actually doing it. Right. So so then the answer would be like, Xehanort was able to do it because of his mastery of the Keyblade. Also, he has a Keyblade of Heart. Hmm. Okay. Maybe. All right. These are these are good things to, to think about and consider. And I never thought about or considered them before. <laughs> All right. I'm just I'm just trying to follow the rules, you know. Yeah, no, this is this is good. You've you've made me think about multiple things in this one episode. There's a lot going on in this episode. Um Yeah, I I didn't think there would be cuz I was like, yeah, nothing really happens. We basically just like go to some Disney worlds that we've already been to and then we get the third iteration of the Radiant Garden scene. Yeah, I just think this stuff is so weird it made me think a lot. So yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's always going to be a question with Kingdom Hearts, especially as it runs longer and longer is like is this proof that there's something more going on that we don't understand yet or is this just weird messy storytelling that has overcomplicated itself by introducing so many mechanics from game to game? I don't know. Could be both. It absolutely could be both. <laughs> A lot of a lot of people would argue very convincingly that it's always both. That's uh, it's fine if you make it work. Yeah. So we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, but for now, we go back to outer space, and Aqua follows Terra. She sees him on his cool bike and follows him to Radiant Garden, and she sees old Scrooge McDuck. And this is weird because I feel like she's never done this before. She gets like so polite. Uh, she respects her elders, I guess. I, I don't know. I guess yeah. so. 
She runs up to Scrooge and she's like, Excuse me, sir, I'm so terribly sorry to bother you, but have you seen a boy? And he's like, yes. I have seen a boy. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> uh, he points her toward the castle, thinking that she means Ventus. Um, I think she she says, like, have you seen a boy who doesn't look like he's from around here? Which, true. Well, I think she was looking for Ventus, right? She was following Tara. Oh, right, I guess so. But she's also supposed to yeah. find Ventus. All right, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, she just didn't know that Ventus was here yet. Got it. Um, although, I would say to Scrooge, who does look like they're from here? Because, like, Merlin lives here. Scrooge is here. <laughs> like, what does it mean to look like you're from Radiant Garden? Yeah, Terra and Aqua are dressed more like people from Radiant Garden than... excuse me you weird duck businessman have you seen a boy who's not from around here and he's like me i assume i assume you all look like ducks here do you mean my nephews huey dewey and louie who run the accessory shop maybe (laughs) um well actually this is 10 years ago maybe that they weren't born yet who knows um no we already saw them making ice cream oh my god you're right jesus christ yeah they will they will be little boys forever they're, yeah they're timeless children yeah uh so aqua goes up to the castle and sees a young girl being chased by unversed who could that be <gasps> oh boy it's Kyrie. oh my god she's in this game this is the first time we've seen her in this right this is the first time we've seen her um welcome to the game Kyrie. i think aqua says i can feel the light when she sees Kyrie. Yes, she notices that the girl has a powerful light, uh, and this is a, a a point of contention, is that when Kyrie is scared of the Unverse, she runs up to Aqua and puts a hand on her keyblade. Maybe an accidental bequeathing? Could be. Although by that logic, Jack Sparrow will get a keyblade. Well, he's going to, and he's going to kill Sora with it. <laughs> Wait, with it? He's going to get a keyblade and then... Still follow through on his plan to kill Sora for his. Yeah, he wants... He's a pirate. He wants all of them. (laughs) Oh my god, if Jack Sparrow became, like, the overarching villain in the end, when he he finds out about all these other Keyblade wielders, and he's like, they will be mine! He would... That's my Jack Sparrow He would want Kingdom Hearts. I mean, he's a bad person. (laughs) Every time Sora teams up with Jack, it, he's like, I have to make sure that my ally Jack doesn't find out about any of the larger story. Yeah, he will murder me and try to take take everything from me if he learns more about this. That'd be cool. Hey, I'm I'm all for Jack Sparrow becoming a villain in Kingdom Hearts 4. If if they must bring Pirates of the Caribbean back, at least do something more interesting with it. Yeah, that would, yeah, they won't. They won't. Um then Mickey just, like, falls out of the sky, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yep, my notes once again say, Mickey, me likey, cool Mickey. Yep, he just leaps onto the screen yeah. from nowhere. Oh. And says, get that little girl to safety. And Aqua says, who are you? Why do you have a keyblade? And he says, no questions right now. Let's go. And then you beat up the unversed. Yeah, Aqua puts Kyrie somewhere. She just ushers her off screen to safety. Mm-hmm. And they fight the Unversed. Aqua and Mickey introduce themselves to each other, and uh, they they kind of look at Kyrie and they say, 
I feel like we were both brought here to protect her because she her her light may have been what drew the unversed here. Uh, and then Mickey says, "How about we join forces?" Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Once again, Mickey is blasting off again. I do love. I feel like this time he actually goes like, "Uh oh, here I go again." Yeah. And he's he's does he like scream something about like bye bye or whatever as he's flying away? I think he does. I think he does get a little outline where he's like, "See you real soon." <laughs> uh, and uh, you know we we've been told that Kyrie has a heart of pure light with not a trace of darkness in it, but that's bullshit because Kyrie Kyrie's a fucking manipulative little liar in this scene. What does she do? She says, here, I picked you these flowers as thanks. Oh, right. She already had those flowers. She already had those flowers. <laughs> Kyrie, you little liar. Well, maybe she's clairvoyant and she did pick them for Aqua. <laughs> I knew you would come save me. So I picked, I was running away from the monsters and I was like, I better pick some flowers in case someone saves me from these. <laughs> yeah, she's a little liar. Yeah, the animators just forgot to, like, unclip the flowers from her hand or something. However that works. Maybe. Um, and then uh, Kyrie's grandma calls her over, and Aqua says, Wait, before you go, I'm going to cast an incredibly plot-important spell on you. Because I, I can just cast fucking spells, I guess, that do stuff like Th- this. This is, this is the thing, is in any other instance in Kingdom Hearts, magic is shooting elements at people, or like... Uh, slowing them down, you know, slowing them down, putting a shield around yourself. But when Aqua does magic, it's like I am going to manipulate destiny itself. It's like a curse from The Witcher. <laughs> I mean, maybe this is Aqua. Maybe she has special magic because she's a princess of heart. Could be. But she casts a little spell on Kyrie and says. That spell will make sure that if you're ever in trouble, your inner light will lead you to the light of another. Which is about Sora, I assume. One would think. Yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get a little bit more information on that someday. Right. In the rhythm game. For for real? Yes. Oh. Oh, is that about is that how she gets to Destiny Island? <laughs> yes, it's the like one long cutscene at the end of the rhythm game. Wild. It's okay. It's fine. Okay. Um, Kyrie thanks Aqua and runs off to her grandma. And I love this scene because Kyrie says, Grandma, tell me that fairy tale again. And her grandma repeats the fairy tale from Kingdom Hearts 1. We, we, don't, we don't need to repeat the whole thing. But if you have anything in particular you want to say about it, go for it. But I just wanted to say first, as we hear the fairy tale, we watch like a looping shot of them walking away from Aqua as Aqua does not get any smaller in the background. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. They're like, "Oh no, we're tr- we're trying to like go back home, but we're on the uh, we're on Ansem's treadmill." It's that uh, I was going to say the green baby does that, but not exactly. The green baby in uh in JoJo in JoJo Part 6. But that's actually... Oh, I yeah. I have not finished part six. I don't know the green baby. Well, never mind. I'm also wrong about it. That's not how it works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- this cutscene is like a full minute long, I would say. And they are just walking and walking and walking. And Aqua is just standing there. <laughs> it looks very funny. Anyway, 
Yeah, what 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 do you think of this? Oh no, it's just what I said that I I, I think that Kyrie's grandma telling the story does just put a button on the stuff that's been going on about people coveting too much light led to darkness and led to the world's fracturing. And that kind mm-hmm. of seems to be the thing Aqua is learning as she goes is that you need some sort of balance and like maybe love is the thing that matters more than like beauty and purity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, also, the fact that they are telling us this entire fairy tale again means that it's probably important. I would think so. Uh, but Aqua thinks to herself, uh, I, I don't think it was an accident that I met that girl today. But then she gets distracted by a big, stupid, unversed helicopter flying by. <laughs> yep. And then we get the scene for a third time. We get the scene for a third time. Also, she does get Kyrie's Keyblade, Destiny's Embrace. <laughs> Seems weird, but yeah, okay. I mean, I don't remember if we really talked about it uh, during Kingdom Hearts 2. I think I think we probably did very briefly, but like, there's still some questions about this specific Keyblade. Like, the fact that Riku just, like, hands it to Kyrie. Yeah, where'd he get that? Where'd he get that? So, I don't know. Put a pin in that. This this Keyblade might be important. Hmm. Um, but yeah, she reunites with Terra and Ventus. They do the boss fight. Um, do you do you have any specific thoughts on this conversation for the third time from Aqua's perspective? Just that it makes even less sense this time around. Yeah, he did absolutely nothing bad in Castle of Dreams. In fact... In Castle of Dreams, he kind of reassured her that he's still a good boy. She said that. <laughs> yeah. In the Drought Woodlands, she didn't even know he was there. No. And she told Maleficent, I don't believe you. But apparently she does. Also, uh, it is fun to learn that from her perspective, she literally has never heard of Vanitas or a boy in a mask. So when Tara and Ventus are talking about Vanitas, the boy in the mask, she's just... Just sort of smiling politely. <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, I know that one too. Yeah, totally." I'm- I feel like I've I feel like I've missed the story. I'm just going I'm just going around wrapping up Disney stories. <laughs> and there's you're fighting a boy in a mask. What? I've just seen a lot of people kiss. <laughs> I'm just going on a tour, watching all the people in the world kiss. Oh yeah. Speaking of kissing, I did forget a note earlier when Snow White's kissing all of the dwarfs on the head. Uh-huh. I, I said I, I wrote that I bet it feels great to kiss their weird blubbery uh, heads because they look like they <laughs> it looks like blubbery like a seal, and I bet that's nice. <laughs> it probably is. Anyway, <laughs> it's like kissing a peanut. Oh, I get that. That's from The Simpsons. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's on Disney Plus. If you're not familiar, oh god, it is. Um, did you ever see? The, like, it was a Simpsons short on Disney+. Plus. I think it was called, like, Plusiversary. Uh, no. Uh, I heard them talk about it on, um, uh, and also with you, and I watched it on YouTube, where it, it was only able to be uploaded because some YouTube channel, like, cut it into, like, eight-second segments <laughs> and <laughs> posted it as a playlist. Perfect. But it is the bleakest shit i've ever seen it's like it's like homer goes to moe's tavern and there's like a huge line of characters outside from all the cool things you could watch on disney plus and like goofy is there and like maui is the bouncer at the bar and then he goes inside and it's like darth vader is drinking with han solo i don't like it and then 
And then I think the way that it ends is, like, Lisa comes in and, like, sings a song about all the wonderful what? things you can watch on Disney+. Plus. No. Won't somebody please kill Homer Simpson? <laughs> Homer and Pete. Those, if I ever get a Death Note, if I ever find Ryuk, Homer Simpson and Pete the... Dog? Dog. dog. I don't know. <laughs> they're on the top of my list, and I'm allowed to say that because they're fictional characters. Sora, please kill Homer Simpson. <laughs> Sora, you gotta! <laughs> when you visit his world in Kingdom Hearts 4, please kill him. God, the thought that Springfield would be in Kingdom Hearts is really, really brain-melting. But if it does happen, I do hope that Sora finally finishes the job that Disney won't. It'll be good if they just ins- insert... Simpsons Hit and Run in the middle of Kingdom Hearts 4. I'd be down for that. It's a fun game. It is a fun game. I I replayed a little bit of it not too long ago, and I was like, I don't have the time in my life for this right now, but I respect it. Yeah. Something else happens. Um, Merlin shows up and says, read my fucking book. Oh, yeah. I did. The the last thing I wanted to say on the scene with Ventus, Aqua, and Terra is just, I think it... It kind of works from Ventus's perspective. It kind of works from Terra's perspective, although I have my issues with the with the dialogue. When I'm watching the scene from Aqua's perspective, I literally don't know what she thinks or why. Yeah, um, she's the greatest character ever, but she her motivations make no sense. Yeah, it's it's a little disappointing because I I like Aqua and I I like her story. I know that it goes in directions that I like. But it's it's a little bit weird because I feel like with Ventus and Terra, the Radiant Garden scene is kind of the turning point where we see like, okay, here's kind of what this is going to be about. And here's where this story is going. And I see what their motivation is, etc. Like, I thought that Terra's perspective actually made a lot more sense after Radiant Garden. I agree. With Aqua, yeah. I'm just like, she just wants to watch more people kiss. <laughs> Yeah. Well, she has the turning point is she has decided that Terra is bad. Um Yeah. I mean I guess Maleficent was right. <laughs> yeah, I think that now. I mean, this is the classic first third of a birth by sleep story where it's not as good, so maybe it just gets better in the next parts. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh she heads back to the town square and she crosses paths with Merlin, who just goes, Oh fine, I I get it, I get it. Here's the damn book. Yeah. Do you do you actually get to play this mini game and I just don't get to see it or they just off screen get stronger? Oh, it's is it or is it uh, one of those boards? Is it just a challenge? It board? just unlocks the command just board unlocks for the command one. board. Okay. Yeah. That's why we just don't uh, see But it. also, you might not have read it, but Merlin for some reason has Xehanort report number 3. Sinister. Uh th- do you need to read I it? I do need to read it. I didn't read it. 3. Xehanort, how are you distributing these reports? (laughs) All over the place. Okay, I read it. That's pretty interesting, too. We kind of get... It's it's almost Xehanort's perspective on the fairy tale, huh? Basically, yeah. He he talks about uh, the buffers that keep the larger world divided didn't used to exist. No walls of light. Uh, He... He takes a, a a bit of a more ominous angle though where he says nothing prevented one from physically interfering with the next yeah that's just that's yeah that's definitely how he sees things uh yeah he says you know the world is full of light lots of keyblade wielders were about uh they started fighting over the light 
Uh, he says they learned of the Keyblade's true use. So again, his his perspective is basically, you know, the the Keyblade War, correct. <laughs> Good. You, yes, do that. You should be using it to, to dominate each other or fighting so that the, the Keyblade will exist. Uh, I think when he says the true use, he means to summon Kingdom Hearts. Got it. Okay. Because that's what they were fighting over is Kingdom Hearts. And Oh, fair. Yes. Okay. Uh, he says what we've been saying, Kingdom Hearts is an aggregate of hearts, worlds have hearts, worlds' hearts are behind a door, the plot of Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah. Uh, this is, I think, I think this is kind of interesting because it's sort of him getting the idea for what Ansem does in Kingdom Hearts 1, which is, he kind of realizes, oh, you know, if you gathered all the hearts of the worlds in one place, that would probably bring Kingdom Hearts into existence. Because they're big, they're more. Because I assume they're just they're just a bigger heart than a normal person's heart, or something. I I have to assume something like that. Yeah, I don't think we ever see the heart of a world. No, not yet. And we never will. Mm. It's because they look. That's Because they look silly. They don't want to actually. They don't want to <laughs> render them. Nomura drew it one time. They looked at it and said, "Nope, we're not going to show that." It it looks like a like a cartoon heart. So it's like a heart symbol, but it's like bright red and like beating it's like when uh george lucas was meeting with the people making um oh some star wars game and they wanted to have a sith in it and george lucas is like yeah you can put a sith in it but only if you name him darth darth icky and they're like we just won't have a sith in our game that's fine <laughs> i haven't heard about that i think boots talked about it on an f plus one time and that's uh <laughs> that's where i learned that probably the wikipedia probably episode. yes my favorite episode that i'm in god uh i'm i'm did you ever play paper mario yeah i'm just thinking about tub of blubba's heart oh tub of blubba's heart yeah that's probably what it looks like you open a door and there's a little cartoon heart that's like hey what are you doing in here <laughs> Get out! Never mind, that would be good. So they would want to do that. So that can't be it. <laughs> That's why Sora was locking all those keyholes in Kingdom Hearts 1, is because it would be too good. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta save um, this for the sixth game. <laughs> but Nomura is like, oh shit, I, I established that those doors, once a keyblade locks them, can never be unlocked. Uh, I have to invent a fourth kind of keyblade that can unlock the doors. <laughs> The Keyblade can do anything, so it'll it'll do it. Yeah, probably. Uh, Aqua goes out into the town square and sees Vanitas, who is just standing there. And she says, that must be the boy in the mask that they were talking about. And Vanitas says, hey, is Ventus a strong boy yet? And she says, no. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. He's a baby. He's a little baby mouse. The baby. He'll never learn how to fight. The baby, I... I watched him sleep and wake up, and I wanted to give him a little kiss like a dwarf head. <laughs> but his hair was too spiky, and it would have hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think about uh, uh -huh. All that hair gel must be terrible to kiss. <laughs> uh, this cutscene escalates very quickly as uh, Vanitas basically just goes, Well, I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> Yeah, Haley Joel Osment is gonna kill you. Uh, they fight, and she beats Vanitas, but he, she, she, he's like knocked out on the ground, seemingly, and she like reaches for the mask, but then he just starts evil laughing. 
Uh, and he gets up and says, congratulations, you get to be the backup. Yeah, it never hurts to have a backup, which that's where I was saying, like, oh, she must have a heart all of light. She might have a heart of pure light. That they could make a key blade out of. That is interesting. Or I, I, I had never thought about this, but I'm thinking more and more about it. Although to make a key blade, she'd have to have like a little bit of darkness in her heart that they could pull out, right? Well, I, I think the reason that Ventus had that was because Xehanort was like, I'll just pull out all the darkness and then I've got pure darkness and pure light. I think Ventus is pure light. Now. But yes, not original. But he wasn't. But it, but you need the opposing forces to create the key blade, right? So yeah. But in theory, if Aqua is a heart of pure light, then she could make the key blade. Oh, right. If you mash her together with some other hearts, okay. Yeah, like they could go find Baby Kyrie and give her Destiny's embrace. Oh no! And if she attacked Vanitas, it would make the key blade. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Probably. Probably. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> if you interrogate these things too much, you get to the truth of the matter, which is I don't really know. <laughs> uh, Vanitas leaves through a corridor of darkness. And then remember when, when Ventus came back from saying goodbye to Terra and Aqua was just standing weirdly in the town square? <laughs> I do, yeah. <laughs> Turns out she had just finished having a boss fight where the boss said, I'm going to kill you and Ventus also. So she was kind of wondering what the heck was going on when Ventus runs over. Uh, and he says, Terra's gone. And she says, you should go home while I look for him. Um, I will say, you know, I was talking about when the three of them were all arguing. I feel like I didn't really get where she was coming from. Her increasing insistence that Ventus needs to go home and that she can't allow him to be put in harm's way does make a lot more sense now after she's met Vanitas. It does, and it was also what she was expressly told to do. I mean, she was actually supposed to go drag him back home, so she kind of didn't do her job very well. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I, I just scrolled down in my notes and said, uh, this is Wish Us Duck. This is Wish Us Duck. What did Donald Duck say this week? Well, we could say when we went to work, she gave us all a kiss. <laughs> Works for me. Okay. Work, work, work to work. Yes. That was that was some good Donald Duckin. Um. All right. Ooh, she is a hard one to say in Donald Duck voice. I can't do that one yet. All right. Well, I did my best. That's all we can ever ask for. Uh, I guess the first week I went to co-host and asked for questions for the podcast, and we got one question from friend of the pod. We actually have two questions. We got two questions. Okay. Yeah. Well, I got one question from Joe, and he Joe asked, "Did you finally learn what Nording is?" And yeah, I think so. I, I think it's what Xehanort did to Terra, which is replace um. Your heart with his heart. I guess I'm surprised to learn he could do that a lot. It seems like something you should only be able to do one time, but apparently he can do it more than once. So I'll learn how he does that later, I think. Um, and I will say that I have theories about Nording that we can't get to yet, but I think that Nording is actually a lot less straightforward than we assume it is. 
Hmm. Okay. So I think that you're wrong. What? So was what is what happened to Terra not Nording? Is that something more complicated? Um, I think I think it's fair to say that what happened to him is Nording. Okay. But isn't what Nording always is? It's it's impossible to talk about because <laughs> okay. there's okay. there's so much more to <laughs> okay. learn about Nording. Okay. okay. Fair enough. What's the other question? Uh, we got a question from Sauce. Oh. Uh, if you had to integrate one other media property with the KH universe, which would you pick and how would it affect things? Are we interpreting media property as, like, another Disney thing? Or are we interpreting it as, like, another franchise? I think it could be whatever, however you wanted to do that. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Disney owns everything, so this is hard. The, f- um, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that I would be delighted for Sora to go to Camp Whispering Rock and meet the Psychonauts. Oh, yeah, that would be pretty fun. You know, we've we've dealt so much with hearts and so little with minds. And he's I think he's certainly stupid enough to fit in with the cast of Psychonauts. Yeah, okay. I can get on board with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, hmm, I, this is a tough one for me. I'm trying to think of something, something that, like, fits the, like, works in the world and has similar themes. I keep thinking Star Wars, and no, it's not Star Wars, because that's already a Disney thing now. Um, well, boy, I honestly, I would love to see, I would, <laughs> I would love to see Sora have to try to interact with Star Trek. Um, <laughs> oh, nobody's ever talking about that. No, yeah, I would love to see Sora talking to, to Data about hearts and light, and... You know that would be pretty good, be pretty though. Pretty good, yeah. Because Data's trying to get emotions. He's kind of a Pinocchio in that way, and um, yeah, I think Star Trek. And I guess Next Generation because it's the one I know. That would be good. So Sora, he's gonna he's gonna put a door on somebody's heart, and he's gonna dive in, and he's gonna see the world of their heart, and then afterwards, he's gonna explain it all to Data, and Data will say that makes sense, and then and then Riker will run in with his trombone and start playing a tune. I haven't watched much Star Trek. I've seen some. Mm-hmm. I've mostly seen Next Generation. Yeah. But I've seen maybe like five episodes. Jordan's always trying to get me to watch it. Yeah, you should. It's good. Yeah, I know. But some someday, Jordan, when, when we have finally watched all of Doctor Who and we've read all of the right. books and everything and listened to all the audio dramas, <laughs> then... So when you when you both are in your 50s and you're ready to <laughs> move on to the next part... When I'm dead in the ground... Yeah. When I'm, I will watch Star Trek over my brother's cold, dead body. Oh, he's dying first, huh? Well, I'll also be dead. Oh, okay. Your your spirit will watch Star Trek. Sounds good. That's right. My ghost will flutter out of my corpse and it'll turn on the TV and watch Deep Space Nine. <laughs> and I'll say, oh, this is really good. I can see why he wanted me to do this. You might be you might beat me to Deep Space Nine then, because I keep saying I'm going to watch that, and I've been doing that for like a decade, so. <laughs> well, then you've got a decade's head start, because I haven't even started intending to watch it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll... I'll, I'll be watching it as I die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, grandchildren. I need to, need to find out what's going on with Cisco. I think his name is maybe. Cisco. There's a there's a guy named Grumblo who I think gets like tortured every episode. I don't think that's right. Jordan says there's a guy named Grumblo. I don't think his name is Grumblo. I'm gonna, I'm writing a message to Jordan. 
Oh, it's 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 Miles Grumblo O'Brien, no. and it says every week he gets his nuts stepped on. I don't think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just reading Wikipedia, so like I, someone might have vandalized it, but I really don't think so. Okay, yeah, it's probably right. It's probably the same Wikipedia author that said that uh, J.R.L. Token thought Tom Bombadil's name should be Tombo Bombo. <laughs> that's also a joke. I mean, it sounds like a good show for sure. Yeah. Well, Grumble is a great character name. Yeah, I, I'm glad they thought of it. Yeah. Uh, next week, we are going to go to Disney Town, Olympus Coliseum, Deep Space Neverland. Oh, I don't know how much I want to do. I, I have to I have to evaluate this because I didn't plan on going to Radiant Garden this week. Jordan has some strong words for you. <laughs> what are they? Jordan has to say, he's a liar and a fucker. He won't even watch DS9. There's an Odo. Maybe he's thinking of Odo. <laughs> I'm saying I think that's right. It's impossible to say. Who's the guy who gets his nuts stepped on every week? Ask I'll ask that. that. So the thing about Aqua's story is that Aqua's story goes into the secret ending that you can only unlock by, like, picking up enough stickers. Uh, so I didn't know about it as a kid. <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to have more Aqua than we'll have either of the other two. So we might slip a little bit into the realm of Endgame next week, but the true, true Endgame will come after that. Okay. All right. Wow. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how much I have time to watch. Uh, is Jordan mad? Uh, he didn't respond to that question. Maybe he hasn't seen it. <laughs> Uh, we're on Twitter at Sounds About Light. We're on co-host at Sounds About Light. Um, I'm on co-host at Positive Stress, and you can listen to my other podcast if it still exists after what I have, uh, sort of said to Jordan, Dr. Huh, where we, we had to take a couple weeks off accidentally. Jordan was actually here, uh, just yesterday, but we, there was no way in hell that we were going to record in person. <laughs> but I think I think we should be back on Monday. All right, exciting. Uh, I'm on co-host at Achilles Healy's, and uh, there's new F plus out with me in it, which is r slash Creepy Encounters, and it's a fun one. Yeah, I, ha- I haven't. It's queued up. I haven't gotten around to it yet. I mean, the name is frightful. It's very. It's scary. There are skeletons, so uh, I guess. Trigger warning for spooky skeletons. You can you can keep this a secret if you don't want to spoil mm-hmm. anything. Um, is it creepy encounters in the sense of like creepy pasta? What if a fucked up guy was looking at you, or is it like here's here's some shit that I experienced IRL? Oh, these are all nonfiction stories, according to Creepy Encounters. So it's just a bunch of creepy pasta. Oh, okay. <laughs> Because I was literally like, I would, I would, I'm terrified to learn what Redditors think is like a creepy interaction to have with somebody. No, it's supposed I to be like. I guess the answer is like if their face falls off. It's supposed to be r- real true creepy stories that happened to you. I was talking to my classmate in school today, and he was a skeleton. And he perceived me. <laughs> this was. No! no. Uh, we're hosted on noisepace.xyz, where you can listen to other podcasts like Special Grade Snacks, which is 
back to talk about Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, baby. How many fingers will he eat? There's only ten to go around. Oh, right, that's what happens in that show. I, I've I've only seen two episodes, but I assume that every other episode he eats a finger. Yeah, for people who don't know about the show, it's just a show about a guy who eats fingers. It's like um, <laughs> it's just a show about a guy who eats fingers for fun. He's kind of like Joey Chestnut, but for fingers. <laughs> uh, there's other podcasts as well. There is, and also with you, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Check them out at noisespace.xyz. And like we say at the end of every episode, twice in two different funny voices. Keyblade. Let's <laughs> wait for you to do it. Keyblade. Nope. <laughs> Whoop. <laughs> I gotta do a better one than that. Come on. Oh no, Mr. Ock. Oh no, I'm Mr. Awkward. I've been stabbed to death by Drew and I'll never be back. Oh no, bye. Wait, what? What? Oh no, now I. <laughs> it turns out that Mr. Aqua was the one who had all sorts of interesting theories. <laughs> hey, Drew would never have those. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Bye. Oh well. Bye. You honor our humble home, my lord. <clears throat> Quite so. May I present my daughters, Grisella and Anastasia? As I feared, there is darkness here. Wait! Uh, it's dangerous to fight the darkness with light, my dear. 